Hi, I'm uh, Gavin Giovannoni, the Professor of Neurology at Bath and the London School of Medicine and Dentistry, and this is just a quick COVID-19 update. It's particularly around the new Omicron uh, variant called BA2 uh, and various miscellaneous uh, addressing questions that you, the MS community, have asked you. I'm still receiving quite a few uh, email queries a week, uh, and obviously, while we at the I hope the end of the pandemic, what I call the tail of the pandemic, I think we've definitely through the eye of the storm and we're now at the end game. Um, there's still some issues that uh, emerge. First of all, the new BA2 variant, which is a Omicron variant, which was first identified in Denmark, has now started to surge. And the epidemiologists think it'll become the dominant uh, uh, um, SARS-CoV-2 variant in the next few weeks. It looks like it's going to be more infectious based on the initial data. In other words, uh, household contacts are much more likely to become infected with it uh, than the original uh, Omicron variant or the BA1 variant. Uh, vaccine responses look like they're holding up, but again, just having two vaccines, two dose vaccines, not very effective. Um, it's going to give you about 10% protection, whereas if you have a, a booster dose, it's going to raise your ability to prevent yourself being infected way over 60%. Okay, So the message then is to get yourself boosted if you haven't been boosted. It's quite clear that the COVID-19 symptoms have changed. So with the original one, you know, high temperature, the cough uh, was a major feature. Now that doesn't seem to be an issue. This has now evolved into a typical cold. Uh, most people will uh, present with a runny nose, headache, tiredness, sneezing, and a sore throat. And the high temperature that uh, was present with the original strain uh, and the subsequent variants um, uh, seems to have disappeared. So you don't get that loss of taste and smell uh, with the uh, Omicron BA1 and BA2 variants. Case numbers, well, we are still seeing very high numbers in the UK in the community. I must be honest with you that these uh, are based on positive PCR tests and are largely driven by contact tracing and a large number of these will be asymptomatic. So I think the real numbers you should follow are the hospital admissions and these are, are going down. And even when people are admitted to hospital, they're much less likely to go to intensive care unit. And we've seen that in our hospital as well. There are very few patients needing ventilatory support in ITU um, from those getting admitted. And even those getting admitted, they tend to spend much shorter periods of time, three or four days in hospital, compared to a week or more with the earlier variants. So overall, the picture is looking very good. Um, what is important, though, those, do get, those that are going to ITU and are dying of COVID-19 in ITU tend to be those that are unvaccinated or unboosted. So I know you're sick and tired of hearing this. Um, please think carefully about having your vaccine or getting your booster if you haven't uh, had either before. The take-home message remains the same. You know, the vaccines are relatively safe. I say relatively because no vaccine is 100% safe, but it's much better than getting COVID-19. Unfortunately, the COVID death rates uh, remain quite high in the UK. Uh, however, this may relate to how we report COVID-19 deaths. And a lot of people now are being admitted to hospital with other conditions, you know, heart attacks, myocardial infarctions, strokes, other things. And then they test positive while in hospital coincidentally. They don't go into hospital with COVID-19. And either this is because of the high circulating levels of the virus, 
or they get those a comorbid infection, they get infected by other people in the hospital. Now, because those people have a positive COVID-19 swab and they've been admitted for another reason, if they die from that condition, they then get classified as a COVID-19 death. And I think a lot of the uh, current reporting of deaths are incorporating these incidental positive cases. And so we need to be a little bit uh, wary of the uh, death rates being due to COVID-19 itself. It could be due to the other diseases. So you need to contextualize this information. But overall, the trends are very positive uh, in, 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 in the sense what's happening. Um, vulnerable. So there is still the uh, rapid access scheme for testing and antivirals in the community. So if you have MS and you're not on the NHS vulnerable list, and you will know this because you would have been sent a text or a letter or, and received a specific PCR pack in the post, you need to contact your GP to get this. The PCR system for the vulnerable patients is very different to the one that's available for the standard NHS patients. And the reason for this is it goes to a special lab. If positive, then what happens is it triggers the local community-based dispensing of uh, antivirals. And, and that's important because you get rapid access to those antivirals compared to people that aren't vulnerable. So please check to make sure you're on the vulnerable list. If not, contact your GP. The good news is that the NHS has just announced that a new antiviral, um, it's called Nermatrelovir or Paxlovid from Pfizer has become available in the NHS and from the uh, 10th of February, um, this will be available in the community for treating vulnerable patients who get COVID-19. Uh, it's going to be dispensed as part of the same system that's in place for the uh, uh, other antivirals that are available. I must say that the monoclonal antibodies, so these are given as in, an intravenous infusion or subcutaneously, we now only have one, sotrovimab, uh, that is still available because the Omicron variant is resistant to the other monoclonal antibodies, and uh, this is the only a licensed monoclonal that works against the Omicron variants, which is why uh, we only the NHS is only dispensing one. Vaccine, that, nothing much has changed in terms of vaccine advice, um, although we have some new data around MS. Uh, obviously, uh, everybody who's an adult in the UK can now get a booster vaccine. That's three months after your second uh, dose. And if you're vulnerable, after your third dose. So as I said to you before, if you're not vulnerable, if you're vulnerable and immunosuppressed. So in in the MS population, we've actually identified people on anti-CD20 therapy. That would be ocrelizumab, ofatumumab, or rituximab, or on the so-called S1P modulators. That's fingolimod, saponimod, ozinimod, and panisimod as being immunosuppressed. And those people, if those patients, uh, if you've had a third dose, that third dose is a part of your primary vaccine response which means you're then eligible for a fourth or booster dose. Your fourth dose is your booster dose, which will also be given three months after your third dose. So we treat uh, the immunocompromised slightly differently to people that aren't immunocompromised. And not everybody with MS is immunocompromised. I've been giving advice and limiting to those that population, in other words, anti-CD20 and S1P modulators, because the data shows that all the other patients with MS other people with MS on other disease-modifying therapy are dealing with the COVID-19 relatively well. Now, in terms of when you have your vaccines, I'm just saying get them as soon as possible, get boosted as soon as possible, and don't try and 
time your vaccine to maximize antibody responses because it's a moving target. We now know for the Omicron and its variants, this is the BA2, the new one, is that you need very, very high levels of antibody, okay, to uh, protect you. And, you know, if you are on anti-CD20 therapy and you wait for B cell reconstitution, your B cells to come back, you've got to let them come back almost to completely normal to anticipate getting very high levels. So, you know, uh, you put your MS at risk of reactivating or not and undertreating your MS by waiting too long. So get the vaccine as soon as possible, particularly while we have a surging variant in the community. And the idea of the booster is not necessarily to give you antibody responses, but to boost your T cell responses, which are also very important in protecting you from getting severe infection. I also now would like to say that the risk of getting severe infection has dr dropped dramatically. Uh, and the reason for that is pre-existing immunity, which you may have, either from being vaccinated and being boosted or actually having had COVID-19 yourself. The fact that we've got effective antivirals that are getting dispensed quite rapidly to people who are vulnerable. Uh, and even if you do require hospitalization, we have so much better therapy now for COVID-19 in terms of steroids, uh, and, and other immunomodulatory therapies that the outcome now, if you get COVID-19, is much improved. I'm not saying that severe COVID-19 is going to disappear, but again, it's still been driven by people who have older age groups, uh, comorbidities, obesity, diabetes, hypertension, all that. Uh, and the impact of having uh, MS and uh, immunosuppressive therapy is relatively small compared to those other risk factors. So try not to be anxious. Uh, try and understand that we have managed now to turn COVID-19 into a, a relatively manageable condition from an outcome perspective. And at some point, you're going to have to stop self-isolating because several of my patients have contacted me in recent weeks saying that they're still self-isolating. And I think you can't continue to do this because the uh, Omicron variant and the BA2 variant, which is now going to emerge uh, and um, rush through the population, is going to be here probably forever. We know we're not going to clear this virus from our community and we'll have endemic uh, SARS-CoV-2 viral infections, which will require booster vaccines and how we manage and, and management in the, in the community. So we have to accept this virus and start living with it. And I personally would recommend that if you are self-isolating, that you should cautiously reintegrate into society. Okay. And this is important not only uh, because we have to live with this virus, but your mental health. You know, we are social animals. We need to communicate. We need to interact with other people. And by not interacting and communicating and integrating with other people, that's Doing not that that could be, the potential outcome could be very bad. Not only in terms of your acute symptomatic mental health, but maybe long term. And this is the whole purpose of our our thing social uh, campaign is that by maintaining your social capital, your social networks, you create uh, psychological and probably physical resilience that protects you from some of the outcomes that are uh, the poor outcomes associated with multiple sclerosis. I've also included in this uh, MS Selfie newsletter two research articles, one from the UK uh, MS Register, um, just showing you that people on fingolimod and uh, ocrelizumab, uh, despite being vaccinated, seem to be getting quite significant numbers of symptomatic infections, way above the 
general population and out of kilter with the other MS disease modifying therapies. And I've also added the recent, uh, uh, it hasn't been peer reviewed yet, it's on a, a medical archive site, the uh, uh, Italian data just showing you that despite vaccinations, people on fingolimod and ocrelizumab are much more likely to be admitted to hospital. Uh, with uh, obviously severe COVID-19 breakthrough infections. If you look at the figure, which I've added to the uh, newsletter, the rituximab looks like it's not associated with increased risk, but these things called error bars that are very, very big. And Maria Piosamani, who's the senior statistician on this particular paper, just said that there's just too few uh, treated patients with rituximab to draw any conclusions from the rituximab data. But I personally think we can't treat rituximab as being any different to uh, ocrelizumab from a class effect perspective. Anti-CD20 depletes your B cells and you have to assume that you've got blunted vaccine responses, uh, which is kind of explains why there's a higher risk of not only getting COVID-19, but getting severe COVID-19. Anyway, please, um, Digest what I've said. If you've got any questions, ask them. I'll try and uh, answer them the best that I am. But I am getting very COVID-19 fatigued, and I try not to spend too much time ruminating, reading about it like I did in the past. But if there is something that is, is urgent to answer, I will answer it. And finally, I'll keep nudging you. I'm uh, If you can afford it and you find these MSLF newsletters helpful, please become a paying subscriber. I uh, literally need the funds to make this a much better initiative and to create the um, microsite site, the uh, curated uh, site that's going to become a self-help guide to people with multiple sclerosis uh, on how to self-manage their MS. Thank you.